Hey Zwifters, and welcome to the Zwiftcast Espresso, the first in an occasional series of podcasts which will feature extended interviews with interesting contributors. Shorter versions of these pieces may have already appeared on the main Zwiftcast, but this is a chance to hear unedited conversations. The first is with DC Rainmaker, the doyen of sports tech bloggers. I visited Ray at his Paris base and we spent some time discussing his role. It's one that carries a lot of responsibility. I don't want to embarrass you, but it's just a simple statement of fact. You are hugely influential in the world of sports tech. Does that position ever uh, cause you difficulties? Do you ever wrestle with, with, with the actual weight of influence that you have? Yeah, it's really tough. I think, you know, it's it's easy to speak honestly, and that's 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 super easy for me. I, I just tell like it is. Um, what's tougher, I find, is having people understand the nuance of things, right? So uh, to give you an example, um, I was filming a, a drone this weekend in the Alps, and and things were working great. It's been great. It was it was all all good and butterflies, happy the whole bit. Um, I came back last night and I was just shooting some simple photos of the gimbal camera. Like just literally was sitting on a table there. I turned it on, powered on, taking these photos, and it caught fire. Um, and it was one of those things where I'm like, well, this isn't good um, because the drone is now smoking. Um, sitting innocently on a table, what is causing this? Um, and ironically, at the exact same moment, uh, a person from the company happened to text me and said, hey, what's um, any any problems, everything good from this weekend? And I'm, I'm kind of answering back, I'm like, actually, on fire. as we speak, <laughs> we have smoke coming out of the drone, what's the problem here? And, it, um, and he's like, what? No way. And I put him on like, uh, what's up, you know, live chat thing. And um, he's looking, he's like, well, that's not ideal. I'm like, no. Um, and so, but that's an example where it's tough because this is a pre-production unit and as the second he saw it he goes oh i know exactly what that was he said we forgot to turn off the motor overload safety for the gimbal which we had off for dev purposes and so you sit here and you balance well that's a dev feature i know from an it background they turn off motor overloads on gimbal on the gimbal i know how sensitive gimbals are to motor overload which is why every company has a safety valve or safety check to do exactly what this was and so you sit there and go okay yes the the silly easy headline would be drone catches on fire but that's not what happened that what happened is i have a dev unit that they hand delivered to me in the alps to to test that was dev quality it's not what a, a normal person uses and that that would normally be off so i find those are the sort of scenarios that are really tough to balance of how do you write about that where people don't run away from a product because they don't understand it like they just it's filling those gaps are really tough um and because i know that how I write that one sentence could potentially mean the success or failure of a product. Um, or, or tweet a picture of a smoking drone. I mean, that's, yeah, that's exactly. death to the company. It's so so the, you, you have to be careful. Yeah, and so I think, you know, and I haven't quite, as of our talking, haven't published that post yet, as if this is going live, it'll be published. And uh, the way I've kind of settled on is explaining there's a gimbal failure, but not really getting into the details of smoke because I just know I'm not like one that likes to write sensational headlines. And at the end of the day, the gimbal's broken. That's it. Like that's, 
if the gimbal's dead, I killed it, they know it's wrong. I explain what happened with the overload piece, but I think that's a fair compromise there and and not sinking a company for development of stuff. Because it's really tough. I don't want companies to shy away from giving development, development products so that I can provide valid feedback, what people want. I think that's the biggest thing that I like to do is to tell the companies what the consumers actually want sometimes. And I think a lot of times there's a misalignment there and to be able to say, no, the consumer feedback I'm hearing is people want X, not Y. And at this point in a product like in this drone, they have a month or so to start shipping to be able to look at some of those features and say, this doesn't work right, this doesn't work right, or this is not what people want, tweak this. And maybe have that actually get into a product. And I think I'm luckily in a position to be able to, I don't want to say dictate that, but to be able to influence that more than another person commenting on the internet. Mm. And I think people do understand that a lot of the time you do work with with units in development and and part of your role, which is an incredibly valuable role actually, is is to find problems before they get to market or to give companies feedback. But then there's the other um, type of situation. I remember very clearly reading your review of the first iteration of the GoPro GoPro drone. And let's face it, GoPro got it wrong big time i mean that in a bad way yeah i mean that product was was a disaster a complete disaster and and that's what you said is it tough to write that kind of post with for a company as big in this space as gopro it is i mean it's i for me it's uh, the line in the sand i usually like to draw is shipping um so to me that's when a company starts shipping a product to a consumer or when a company starts taking money from on a product um, to me, those are the two different shelves. So in the case of the drone, they're taking money for a, a Kickstarter campaign, and that's going to ship in late August. And so I'm all right with that because I, they've shown me a unit that is well beyond normal Kickstarter quality. I mean, it's it's basically a production-ready unit um, that has a few minor firmware tweaks to go, and I'm, I'm good with that. Um, GoPro, on the other hand, they shipped a unit that was not at all production ready. Um, and, and there's a lot of things that point to that being the case in the month leading up to it. And then certainly when they shipped it, you could see that it just it's not ready for production. They weren't ready and competitive in any way, shape or form. Um, and I think there are other examples of that with a, a trainer recently that um, was shipped to me just before they started shipping, um, had some accuracy issues, and then by like the day after they started shipping, they had a build to me that fixed the accuracy issues. And so that's where you kind of sit there and balance. And I've, I held off the post, you know, a few days later just to be able to say, okay, can you get me the firmware update that, that fixes this? Yes or no. But once you start shipping, if you're shipping people something that isn't accurate anymore, then that's where I kind of say it is what it is. Like um, that's sort of the balance I try to play between dev and production. And I, I usually like to include data in in my preview posts as well. So if I'm talking a dev unit, I'm talking preview. I never use the word review. I always use this is the first look. It's a hands-on. It's something like that. And anytime I'm including data in those preview posts, I think I have like 88 disclaimers per section that says, hey, things could get better, but they also can get worse. And that certainly happened where things aren't as good as they were previous. Do you ever get angry emails from companies saying you just trust our product? <laughs> Definitely. Um, you know, it's I've gotten a few, and I, I think there's to me there's an obvious pattern there. Um, the ones that I get, I never get angry emails um, when I bash products from any of the mainstream companies, whether it's a GoPro or Garmin or Polar or Suunto or anyone. I think the companies that understand their products well 
generally agree with what I've said. They they know it. I mean, it's not like they don't know these gaps are there. Um, you know, I've talked to some of the industry and, and they said, you know, it's always a question of what gaps you'll find in our products and um, not that whether you'll find them, it's how many of them you'll be able to find along the way um, that, that scares us. So, you know, they the best companies out there are happy to take that feedback and happy to try to incorporate it in. Um, I find the companies that don't take that feedback and get really upset and send send me angry emails or threaten to sue me and things like that are the ones that just I've got a suck. Poor product. Just, yeah, they, they just they more than just a poor product. I don't want to say they suck as individuals because that sounds mean, but they suck as a business. They don't understand how to run a business and they're not business people. Um, and I think that's it's tough. I'm not saying everyone can be an entrepreneur or everyone can run a business, but you have to understand that running a business is different than being a cyclist or a, a tech enthusiast. They're different things. And I think it's really tough for some people to understand. Um, and so I think, yeah, I haven't got that many angry emails from companies in the grand scheme of things, just a, a handful. But in every single scenario, it was never from a, uh, a company that I, that I look up to or that I'd say, oh, they make cool stuff and maybe I was totally off base here. Um, which isn't to say we haven't had angry disagreements on phone calls with things like that on from companies I've had more than my fair share of of pretty um, vibrant exchanges on conferences with with companies disagreeing on something um, but that's the case and I, I always try to present their side of the story in the piece as well so even if I'm strongly disagreeing with something on them I'm gonna say here's why they think the way they think and you know then I explain why they're wrong but at least I'm giving them the opportunity. I mean, for somebody who's not a trained journalist, you've got quite a lot of kind of journalistic and editorial ethics and and and, and integrity to to wrestle with on a on a daily basis, really. Yeah, it's tricky. I don't I don't have a journalism background. I, I've I just sort of figured it out. I guess I've gone along and see things that I don't like and try not to do those. You know, I think in terms of ads and stuff like that, and not taking money from the same companies that you're reviewing. And to me, that just makes sense. I guess it just just obvious to me. Like if I'm taking money from X company and then I turn around and write a review on them, well, that's that's basically a paid advert. No matter how you try to couch that and say, you know, like in the US, you say, my opinion's my own or we're all that kind of junk. Like at the end of the day, it's not. It's just, that's the reality there. So um, the fact that I don't take money from these companies and I go to pretty extreme lengths, whether it be, um, media events or all that kind of stuff that I'm paying for. I'm on travel. Uh, just last night, I was talking with the company for an event I'm going uh, to New York for later on this summer. Uh, and, you know, they had offered to pay for the travel and the hotel and all that kind of stuff. And I said, no, I'll cover my airfare and, and the travel and hotel. Um, and the hotel they were staying at, uh, the cheapest rate was 600 bucks a night for this event. And I'm like, well... Uh, I found a place 200 meters away that's a fraction of that price. So I'm going to stay there. I'm sorry. I know I, I'm, they would have offered a hotel. And I'm like, I'm not even going to stay in a hotel on my dime because I'm not going to pay 600 bucks a night. And they, they went up to like $2,000 a night for these rooms in this this beautiful place out in, in New York somewhere. Um, and to me, that's just... Uh, yeah, A, it sucks that I'm going to invest, you know, 1500 bucks or so between airfare and hotel and car and transit for this two-day event in, in New York. Um, but I think it's it's good for readers to know that at the end of that event, when I publish pieces from that, that I can say this product is good or it's bad and not because someone's trying to influence me because they invited me to a swanky hotel that overlooks the beach and, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's because I think the product is great or I think it sucks because it sucks. 
And I think that integrity is is why you are so widely read and and, and widely admired and and have such an influential place in the industry. Um, it's 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 underpins the success of the blog. I I feel and I'm sure anybody who reads it w- would agree with that. Brilliant, Ray. Really interesting, thought provoking stuff, and fantastic to spend some time with you in the pain cave and uh, get your thoughts one-to-one in, in some depth. Really appreciate the time you've given us. Thanks very much indeed. Yeah, no problem at all. It's always great to chat and look forward to, to chatting down the road. Mm-hmm.